Hi everyone and welcome back to Tivating Patiently, the appreciation podcast that highlights, dives deeper, and celebrates the work and accomplishments of our Tony-winning national treasure, Aaron Tivate. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and today's episode is going to highlight Aaron's character, Matt Dobbins, in the one season of the CBS show, The Code. Matt Dobbins tends to be one of Aaron's lesser-known characters, yet he is a character that is proof that you don't need to have a lot of screen time in order to make a big impact. Just as he did in Next to Normal, Aaron brings awareness to the impact of mental illness on individuals and families and the stigma that exists surrounding it. He has some lines throughout his time on screen that are so impactful and his vulnerability in this role is tangible. Like, you want to just hug him and reassure him that it's all going to be okay. The basic summary of the show The Code is that the military has its own legal system, and the show tells the story of United States Marines who are part of the military code of justice. Not only are they trained as active duty Marines, they are also trained as prosecutors, defense attorneys, and investigators, so they do all of it. In each of the 12 episodes of the season, they have storylines that are linked and spread throughout the season, but it also, each episode tells the story of specific cases that these Marines fight in military court. And the cast of The Code has quite a few familiar names. Anna Wood plays Maya Dobbins, who is Aaron's sister. Philippa Sue, she's Lieutenant Harper Lee. Dana Delaney is Colonel Glenn Turnbull. Matt Doyle has a small guest role as a medic marine, and Derek Klenna is Lieutenant Adam Turnbull. I mean, we all know Philippa Sue, and her acting shines through in this. We just don't get to hear her beautiful singing voice. Dana we know from Body of Proof, which Aaron was a guest star in for an episode. And Tony winner Matt Doyle, love him, and I wish there was more of him throughout the season. And then, of course, Derek Klenna, our current Broadway Christian. While Aaron knows members of this cast that's filming with him, he does not have any scenes with them, and their storylines, they're not connected at all. And since his storyline is so separate and isolated from the rest of the characters, this episode and recap is going to focus on just his character's storyline and how it affects his sister and his life. His scenes are all with Anna Wood, who plays his younger sister, Maya, and he has a storyline that's not military-based. Matt is running for a Senate seat in North Carolina, and we learn in later episodes that he is hiding something from his campaign team and public voters. And while Aaron plays the brother to one of the main characters, he's only in five of the 12 episodes of the season. The first time he makes an appearance is in episode four, Back on the Block. There's a political campaign poster with his face on it in Maya's office, and she's pretending to her colleagues that she is Matt's political opponent and practicing her speech since she's going to be meeting up with Matt later for a debate prep. That night, Matt and Maya are in her apartment and Matt's crushing the debate until Maya's phone rings and that stops Matt dead in his tracks. He looks alarmed, he can't focus, he can't get back to his train of thought, and he just stops what he's doing and goes to his bag to retrieve a Faraday bag, which blocks electromagnetic fields, and Maya 
she's asked to put her phone inside. Matt claims it's because his team says he can never be too careful, but this action is the first time we as a viewer get the idea that something's up. And Maya hints at that too with this look that she gets on her face when Maddie walks away into the next room with the bag. The hints continue the next day when Maya receives multiple phone calls from an unknown number. She's ignoring them throughout the day and finally answers and it's Maddie. She questions him, like, where is your phone? And she asks him what meds he's taking. And this is the first time we learn that Matt's being medicated because he has a mental illness in the form of a delusional disorder where he believes that people are watching him and he's under surveillance. Later in the episode, Matt and Maya, they're back at her apartment and Matt has locked himself in the bathroom, causing Maya to, of course, be concerned. And her concerns are validated when he does emerge and he's acting like nothing happened and he's annoyed that she was calling to him, trying to get him to come out. But Maya notices blood coming from the corner of his mouth. Maddie was in there trying to pry a filling out of his mouth because he believed that the metal from the filling was sending signals. And they end up at urgent care, and that's where Matt reveals to Maya that he has stopped taking his meds. I quit my pills to get ready for the debate. I don't know, I'm just sharper when I don't take them. You were doing fine with them. Look where you are. want to see things clearly now and then. They don't know the campaign. You gonna tell us? What's gonna happen to me? I mean, having some personal experience with taking medication and knowing others who do as well, finding that balance to feel right and feel like yourself while balancing that with the symptoms being treated is tough. And it's tougher for some more than others. No one person responds in the same way. And Matt saying that he felt sharper without his meds, that can be a real thing. Yet Maya pointing out, where they ended up as a result of him stopping his medication is important to remember too. Matt's storyline continues in episode 8, Lioness, but only briefly through FaceTime videos with Maya. Part of the deal of him going back to North Carolina was that he would get back on his meds and he would send her a daily video of him taking them. And while Maya is abroad with fellow Marines for a case, she confides in them about Maddie and his illness. And we see these videos of Matt taking his medicine throughout various points of the episode, but their importance comes into play in the final minutes of the episode. Maya has a cold as they're getting, and as they're getting back on the plane, she's about to take cold medicine for the flight home, and she looks at them and notices the similarities between the cold medicine in her hand and what Maddie has been taking in the videos, and she comes to the conclusion that he has in fact been lying to her. 
Episode 9, Smoke Pit, picks up with this medication lie. Maya takes some leave, and she goes to North Carolina to confront Matt at his campaign headquarters, and he most definitely was not expecting her. And when she immediately asks him if he had tried any good cold medicines lately, he whisks her off to the side and asks her to be quiet because no one at the campaign knows about his illness. And Maddie reveals to Maya that, yes, he is off of his meds, but it's on doctor's orders. He says they're not working, and he's trying cognitive behavioral therapy, which Maya then chooses to go and follow up on with his doctor to see if this is all true. Later in the episode, she comes back to see Matt, and they have what I think is one of the most important, valuable conversations about mental illness. You believe things that aren't true. People are going to vote for you without knowing that. Tell people you're sick. They feel sorry for you. You tell people you're mentally ill. They give you a nervous smile and back away. Stigma's real, kid. If I say anything, I'm finished. I'm not saying it's fair. But I am wondering if it's right. I'm diagnosed with delusional disorder. Not schizophrenic. I don't have hallucinations. I'm not thinking different crazy thoughts every day. I have one very specific localized delusion. I believe that I'm under surveillance. I'm not saying it's a good deal, but I can manage it. I do manage it. Except when you don't. And Maddie's right. I mean, the stigma is real and while it's improved and continues to improve, society still has a long way to go, but In response to what Matt says, Maya says this. I'm trying to imagine what it's like. Knowing with your head that something isn't true, but believing it in your heart anyway. It must be so hard. I can't imagine. And you really do have to go watch the episodes to get the full effect of Matt's reaction and response to Maya saying this to him and acknowledging the struggle and how hard day-to-day life is for him in that battle with his head and his heart and knowing one thing, but his mind and, and heart are saying something completely different and just finding that balance and that struggle. And you can just see in that moment how much it meant for him, for her to say that to him and just like give him permission to acknowledge that it's okay, that it's happening, and that it's real. And then the episode goes to later that night when Matt is about to participate in a debate, and he again has one more conversation with Maya about his mental illness because she asks him again, are you sure? Are you sure you should be doing this? Like you are campaigning and the people that are going to vote for you do not know the full story of you. And here's what he says to her. I don't think there's anything you can do. It's okay for me to believe that people are watching me. It has to be okay because I can't not believe it. It's not how I came out of the factory. I just have to 
keep reminding myself that I can't say it to other people. It'll be hard. Episode 9. It's a deep episode, but it ends on a high note because against the odds, Maddie ends up winning that debate. And back like back in the campaign headquarters at the end, Maya and Matt, they're approached by a National Party member, Tiffany Dixon Green. And she tells them that they have people in the party that want to throw support and money towards Matt's campaign because they love the image being portrayed of a politician serviceman with his Marine Corps sister. And Matt, of course, is over the moon about this because he had just had a conversation with Maya prior to the deepness of the mental illness conversation about if he didn't win this debate, like, that was it. He was going to have to close up shop. They were out of money. So in walks Miss Green and things are looking up. And I mean, overall, this episode, it's just so powerful with the conversations between Matt and Maya. And this is where I feel Aaron really proves that you don't have to have a lot of screen time to make a big impact. The way that he's portraying Matt and what he's dealing with, it's relatable, it's vulnerable. It makes you really feel for his character. And if we go back to Next to Normal, Aaron spoke about this in interviews when he was talking to press about Next to Normal, about how it gives permission that it's okay. It, he, they had people come up to them and tell the different members of the cast, like, I see myself in you, or you're portraying my sister, or you're portraying my mom. Like it, it just gives permission to acknowledge a world that is still sometimes pretty hushed. So episode 9, it may have ended on a high note, but when Matt returns for episode 11, Don and Duff, things take a turn. Other than Maya's phone prompting Matt to put it in a Faraday bag back in episode 4, his coping strategies, they haven't really been tested. And he and Maya, they're at a restaurant to meet with Tiffany Dixon Green and two other National Party donors to plan a fundraiser for Matt's campaign. And prior to the dinner, Matt tells Maya he's doing okay, he has a list running through his head of things that he's not supposed to say out loud, he says his delusions and what he's believing, it's not, it's there, but it's not too strong, he can manage. Once at the table, they're talking strategy, and Matt looks over and notices that one of the donors is wearing a hearing aid, and instantly you notice a shift in Matt from his facial expressions to his body language. This is so triggering for him and his delusional disorder and his belief about being under surveillance. Surveillance, I can't say that word. He fixes his gaze on the man and he's fidgeting with his hands at the table and Maya notices and she subtly puts her hands over top of his, which helps snap him back for a few seconds, but that relief doesn't last. Matt turns and asks the man if he would mind taking out his hearing aid. And before Matt can repeat the request, Meyer causes a distraction by knocking over a drink and telling Matt that they need to leave right then because she isn't feeling well. She tells Tiffany Dixon Green that she has a food allergy and she's not feeling well, and that enables her to be able to get Matt out of this situation before it escalates any further. But I mean, his, his secret's pretty much out. Because later that night, Maya meets with Tiffany and Tiffany lets on based on her own personal experience with mental illness in her own family that 
She recognized the signs in Matt, and she tells Maya that Matt cannot run for office, which, I mean, is what Maya has known all along, and she has to be the one to deliver this dream-crushing news to Matt. Now, I could try to describe the heartbreak in his voice when Maya has to have this conversation with him about dropping out of the race, but instead, I'll share the audio of that scene. It's off, isn't it? This is going to be a fundraiser. I didn't tell her, Maddie, about you. She had it in her head by the time she came to see me. So she'll just tell everyone about me if I stay in the race? So I guess that's it. I'm so sorry. I'm getting worse, aren't I? You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be better than okay. You're the smartest person I know, and there's so much that you can still do. Just not this. I know. Thanks. I'll figure something out. I should, um... You're leaving? Gotta get back to North Carolina, talk to the volunteers. Well, um, maybe stay the night? I hate to think about you alone. When am I gonna see you again? I'll plan a visit. See you. Now, we all know how well Aaron displays emotion through his acting, and his heartbreak in how he portrays Maddie and his dream of running for office coming to an end, it's just heartbreaking. He's so vulnerable, and especially when he asks Maya if he's getting worse. These are conversations that are had daily between family members and their experiences in real life, and seeing the portrayal of it between brother and sister in Matt and Maya just adds an element of perspective and emotions. The final scene between Matt and Maya is the final scene of the season in episode 12, Legit Bad Day. They're in North Carolina and Matt is preparing to withdraw from the Senate race. There's some teary to bait when Maddie is telling Maya that he knows that his mental illness limits what he can do, but he's determined to find things that he can do and be there to support Maya. It's it's like the perfect moment of self-awareness and a vulnerable moment showing that bond again between brother and sister. The Matt Dobbins storyline, it's pretty much its own entity within the season. The other storylines of the characters, they're intertwined because they're all Marines and related to the military. So even though Philippa Sue and Derek Klenna are in the season, like I said, Aaron's character and theirs, they just don't cross paths. The code was canceled or just not renewed after just one season, so it would have been interesting to see how Matt's storyline may have progressed in the future seasons to see 
how he's coping with his mental illness and what his next steps were career-wise. And just as Aaron and the cast of Next to Normal, they shone a light on mental illness and how it affects family dynamics, Matt and Maya were able to do that as well through their relationship and how they navigated careers and day-to-day life. Aaron took it a step further in that conversation where he addressed that the stigma is real. Like I said, there have been leaps and bounds made in the knowledge and awareness of mental illness and the effect that it has on lives and relationships, but as with so many aspects in life, there's still a ways to go. Throughout this episode, I solely focused on Aaron, his character, and that storyline, so if you have not watched The Code yet, I still recommend that you take the time to watch it. It's only one season, 12 episodes. Derek Klenna, he has a pretty impactful storyline as well that's worth watching the development of. Overall, it was just cool to see a lot of familiar faces from the Broadway world throughout the season taking on different roles. But thank you so much for listening today and for continuing to support this podcast. And if you're not already, please follow along on Instagram at Tevading underscore patiently or on TikTok at Tevading patiently for more fun Aaron content. And I hope to have you back here for episode 52. I will love you.